I've been praying. I know we kind of got through Hannah uh, the last two weeks. And uh, and I prayed about David. I kind of wanted, you know, I taught on, never really when I did a subject on a woman before, you know what I mean? So I said, you know what, I might as well try to pick a guy this time. So I read Samson. No, that one wasn't working. Or Gideon, nope, not Gideon, not David, you know. Kind of already going through First Samuel, so David's going to get in there right after Saul anyway. But so I went to Nehemiah, and the Lord showed me some other, some new things. So I know it's always been a joke. Pastor says, Mike, if you don't have nothing, go over there and just open up Psalms and just start reading Psalms and just start, you know, going for it. And I was like, you know, I just don't want to do that. You know what I mean? But it's always been a joke. I said, I'll just go to Nehemiah and preach on how to build the wall. But there is some aspect of that, you know, that. I do like, and I'm not going to get up here with my trowel, <laughs> you know what I mean, <laughs> and start teaching you how to build a wall. But, you know, I think on Nehemiah and, and just what he accomplished, his burden that he had and, uh, in a country that was all torn down, walls being broken, and he had a burden for all the people, all the stuff he went through. And he gets to the end of that and he says, Lord, remember me for good. I don't know, I'm praying about that, even preaching on that. I've never preached on that yet, but you know, Nehemiah, was, he was a good guy. He faced a lot of adversity. He went through a lot of work. And so I just wanted to talk a little bit about him. So book of Nehemiah. Well, let's pray. Father, I thank you for this day, Lord. I thank you for this book. Lord, I thank you, Lord, for just uh, touching our hearts. Lord, I lift up our pastor, Lord, right now, and Lord, I pray, Lord, that that uh, that liquid, Lord, that's in there, Lord, just be even clearer by tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow and the next day and day after, Lord. He just, Lord, he'd be here by uh, this next coming up Sunday, not this, but just Lord, as quick as you can. Lord, we miss him, Lord, we want him back, and Lord, uh, I know Amy would too. Lord, pray for his kids, Lord, down in Florida, Lord, that you just comfort them in this time. Lord, pray for everybody here, Lord, that we just touch our hearts. Lord, may we may we just be more like Nehemiah, Lord, and just uh, or want to go out, Lord, and help, Lord, and just uh, Lord see the need and and fill that spot. Lord, pray for everybody here, Lord, touch our hearts is the only way you can. I pray in Jesus' name, Amen. Book of Nehemiah. I don't hear any pages flipping, so I guess everybody's there. <laughs> oh, season one. <laughs> It says in the book of Nehemiah, chapter number one. We'll just read through chapter two to about number ten. That's kind of where he he starts off here and has this thing with the king. He prays to the king of heaven, has this little thing with the this earthly king, has this prayer here. And then by verse 11 in chapter 2, he's, he's in Jerusalem. Moves pretty quick. But there's a lot to be said here about Nehemiah's character and who he was and how he was and even being a man. Um, amen, we'll just jump right into it. The words of Nehemiah, the son of Hakaliah, and it came to pass in the month of 
Chislu, which is December, in the twentieth year as I was in Shushan the palace, that Hanani, one of my brethren, came, he and certain men of Judah, and I asked them concerning the Jews that had escaped, which were left of the captivity, and concerning Jerusalem. And they said unto me, The remnant that are left of the captivity there in the province are in great affliction and reproach. The wall of Jerusalem also is broken down, and the gates thereof are burned with fire. And it came to pass, and I heard these words, that I sat down and wept and mourned certain days and fasted and prayed before the God of heaven. And said, I, and said, I beseech thee, O Lord, God of heaven, the great and terrible God that keepeth covenant and mercy for them that love him and observe his commandments. Let thine ear now be attentive and thine eyes open, that thou mayest hear and the prayer of the servant, thy servant, which I pray before thee now day and night for the children of Israel, thy servants, and confess the sins of the children of Israel, which we have sinned against thee. Both I and my father's house have sinned. We have dealt very corruptly against thee and have not kept the commandments, nor the statutes, nor the judgments, which thou commandest thy servant Moses. Remember, I beseech thee the word that thou commandest thy servant Moses, saying, If if ye transgress, I will scatter you abroad among the nations. But if ye turn unto me and keep my commandments and do them, though there were of you cast out unto the uttermost part of heaven, yet will I gather them from thence, and I will bring them unto the place that I have chosen to set my name there. Now these are thy servants and thy people whom thou hast redeemed by the great power and by the strong hand. O Lord, I beseech thee, let now thine ear be attentive to the prayer of thy servant and to the prayer of the servants who desire to fear thy name and prosper. I pray thee, thy servant, this day, and grant him mercy in the sight of this man, for I was the king's cupbearer. I mean, a cupbearer. He's a cupbearer. And he's going to go do all he did. I mean, think about that. I mean, he was a somebody. I mean, you ain't getting in the king's house if you, you know, he was a somebody. But, I mean, what's your qualification? Well, you know, I can make coffee. I'm a cupbearer. And he's going to go do all these things. And it came to pass in the month of Nisan, in the 20th year of Artaxerxes, the king, that wine was before him, and I took up the wine and gave it unto the king. Now I had not been before sad in his presence. Wherefore the king said unto me, Why is thy countenance sad, seeing that thou art not sick? This is nothing else but sorrow of heart. Then I was very sore afraid. And said unto the king, Let the king live forever. Why should not my countenance be sad, when the city, the place of my father's sepulchres, lieth waste, and the gates thereof are consumed with fire? Then the king said unto me, For what doest thou make requests? So I prayed to the God of heaven. And I said unto the king, If it please the king, and if thy servant have found favor in thy sight, that thou wouldest send me unto Judah, unto the city of my father's sepulchres, that I may build it. And the king said unto me, The queen also sitting by him, For how long shall thy journey be? And what wilt thou return? So it pleased the king to send me, and I sent him a time. Moreover, I said unto the king, If it please the king, let letters be given to me, the governors beyond the river, that they may convey me over till I come into Judah. And a letter to Asaph, the keeper of the king's forest, that he may give me timber to make beams for the gates of the palace, 
which appertain to the house and for the wall of the city and for the house that I shall enter into. And the king granted me according to the good hand of my God upon me. Then I came to the governors beyond the river and gave them the king's letters. Now the king had set captains of the army of horsemen with me. Then, Sal, then Sanballat the Hornonite and Tobiah the servant of the Ammonite heard of it. It grieved them exceedingly that there was a man to seek the welfare of the children of Israel. You know, this first thing I see with Nehemiah, just back over there in chapter number one. I don't want to say he was an emotional guy, but I'm going to definitely say he was passionate. Verse number two is, you know, you see that he says he, he, he cared. It says, Then Han and I, one of my brethren, came, he and certain men of Judah, and I asked them concerning the Jews that had escaped, which were left of the captivity, and concerning Jerusalem. You know, he asked about them. Asked how they was doing. Asked how people were doing. You know, he's thinking about them. Being in captivity. Where did everybody go? How's everybody been? You know, I miss brethren that, you know, when you don't see them in church for a while. Even brothers I haven't seen in a while. Long brothers that are gone over in May Houston and Prineville. Man, it's been a blessing just texting some of them back and forth. How they been? What you been up to? You know why? Because I care about them. I like hearing about them. But in this case, it was it wasn't good what he heard. How they doing? How's the town doing? You know, he cared about their safety. Same way we care about pastor. You know, praying for him. Wanting the best for him. Wanting the best for Amy. Wanting the best for his kids. Wanting the best for everybody in here. Just caring about people. Love God. Love your neighbor. And how they was living. You know, I see his passion. I see he wept. In verse number four, it says, And it came to pass when I heard these words that I sat down and he wept. I was listening to this interview today where this guy asked him, when he interviews people, he, he likes to always ask him, what's the most important lesson you learn in life? And his, his thing was, it was, you know, and he was, he was the next con. Of course, he did 14 years in the penitentiary and he was this great big, great big guy. But he said, nobody wants to see a man cry. And I said, oh, this guy's got a lot to learn. And you go through the comments and you, he, he's about ready to cry at his kid. What happened to your kid? Oh, I was in prison. And he starts to fight back tears instantly. He didn't get to see his kid grow up. And you can see that all that just ate at him. Because he spent all those years in prison and didn't get to see his kid grow up. But yet, that's what you think? Because a guy cries? Maybe somewhere out there that's, but that's not in the Bible. That's not somebody who's caring. I mean, I get it. As a man, you know, as a man, you gotta, you should hold it together as the man of your house, you know, when, when stress comes upon you and things get overwhelming, you just don't start crying. Your wife's going to look at you like, get it together, man. You know, but, but there's a place for it. Grieved at your heart. 
Remember, Brother Charles was talking about that. I mean, his heart was broke for his people, for Jerusalem, for the things that was broken down, for the things he said, you know what, I think I might be able to fix that. I think I could probably help out. Maybe the Lord just give me a burden, I'll just go do it. But he wept about it. You know what hurt him emotionally? I know we talk about that, and you should be able to control your emotions, but you know what? Weeping's a good thing. Remember, I was talking with Tony. We're going to make this a short. (laughs) Um, He gets a chance to every morning. He's working up in Eugene, drives from Portland to Eugene. He says he gets to pray to the Lord. Listens to worship music, worships the Lord, prays to Him. And He goes, man, a lot of times I just end up crying. He says, amen. Amen. Because He's one that He's, he's ones that will weep more than ever. He's got a lot of areas to grow like we all do, but I'm going to keep moving past that point. I shouldn't have, anyhow. <laughs> he asked me after the, after the service. But I've been there. I've had to go to a job site and it's just turn on that one brother that his brother up there preached out of what was that one CD we always listened to? Murphy. What was the first name? Is it Jeff? Yeah, Jeff Murphy. That's probably one of my favorite CDs to listen to. But you can't go listen to that CD on the way to go bid a job. Because <laughs> by the time I get there, he, he preaches the guy, the man I used to be. You know, and talking about drinking and going to this place, and I don't go there anymore. And telling his friends, I got Jesus, man. And I'm like two blocks from the house. I'm in tears. I'm like, all right, I got to go over here real quick and look a little presentable. You know, and they come back, hey, how you doing? My name's Mike. Yeah, I'm a Mason. I mean, Lord, touch your heart when it's real. Is it real? You know what he mourned. Same verse, and he mourned certain days. He mourned because those questions he asked. And Hanani, one of my brethren, came, he and certain men of Judah, and asked them concerning the Jews that escaped, which were left to captivity, and concerning Jerusalem. He wept because the answer. The remnant that are left in captivity there as province are in great affliction, and they reproach, and the wall of Jerusalem also is broken down, and the gates thereof are burned with fire. And just emotion. Grieving. It's like Brother Charles was talking about. You know what he says? He fasted. You know what he knew to do that? Fasting's not hard. It's not. After you've fasted for a day, you'll realize. And that really wasn't that hard. And then the Lord goes, we'll do it for two next time. (laughs) Whoa, 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 whoa. But you can fast for however long you want. The Lord honor that. You do it for the Lord. You do it for somebody else. 
He emptied himself that fast. Fasting kind of is a way of doing that. Getting rid of all that food, not taking any in, getting rid of some of that stuff. David fasted. Hannah fasted. Poured out themselves before the Lord. Kind of lets God know that you're just a little more serious. Willing just to suffer just a little bit. If we could even call it that. I said it doesn't say how long. It says he was the king's cupbearer. So I imagine the king got pretty thirsty every day. So, I mean... Bible says also in verse 223 or chapter 2 verses 2 and 3 says he was sad. Therefore the king said unto me, why is thy countenance sad seeing that thou art not sick? This is nothing else but sorrowful heart. I'm just saying he was passionate. It's okay to be a little bit sad over some things. But you know he knew who was going to get him through it. I read through this, and I mean, I was thinking on Hannah. And Nehemiah had way more emotions than Hannah did. I mean, go through. He cared, wept, mourned, fasted, sad. Get to the end of this thing, he's angry. Ripping kids' hair out from Ashdod. That's in the end. He wasn't happy with that. That'll be for the end of the... End of the chapter, though. You know, I see Nehemiah prayed. Verse number four there. He says, and prayed before the God of heaven. And he said, I beseech thee, O Lord God of heaven, the great and terrible God that keepeth covenant and mercy for them that love him and observe his commandments. You know what? They keep them. They keep. Verse number 8. He says, Remember, I beseech thee thy word, the word that thou commandest thy servant Moses, saying, If ye transgress, I will scatter you amongst all the nations. Remember, I beseech thee, the word that thou commandest thy servant Moses, saying, If ye transgress, I will scatter you abroad all among the nations. But if you turn unto me and keep my commandments and do them, that though there were of you cast out of the uttermost parts of heaven, yet will I gather them from thence, and I will bring them unto the place that I have chosen to set my name there. You know what he's doing there when he's praying? He says, remember what you said, God? Remember what you said? You said this, Lord. That's your promise. And he quotes scripture when he prays. I heard one, I've heard somebody asked me that before. What do you think about that quote in scripture when people pray? How come they, you know, this and that? And you heard people do it all the time. And Brother Gabe used to do it all the time. I said, yeah. Yeah, people do it. The Lord likes hearing that. 
The Lord likes hearing that you're obedient. He likes seeing that you're obedient. Your kids, your sons, your daughters, when their dad or their father, their mother see him obeying, they say, oh yeah, yeah, I know I shouldn't do that. My mom and dad says I shouldn't have done that. Oh, that's... Amen. When they have kids, they will realize, yeah. When you tell them to do something and they and they do it, or they don't, you know, they they keep that commandment that you told them to do. See, I'm not going to do that. My mom and dad said not to do that. Oh, that's good. Honor thy mother and father. You know, we should honor God. Nehemiah did that. He said, remember these things. You know, I see Daniel do it. Turn to the book of Daniel. Daniel did the same thing. Hold your place there, Nehemiah. Daniel prayed the same way. Daniel chapter... 9 and verse number 3. And I set my face unto the Lord God to seek by prayer and supplications with fasting and sackcloth and ashes. And I prayed unto the Lord my God and made confession and said, O Lord and great and dreadful God, keeping covenant and mercy to him that love him and to them that keep his commandments. We have sinned and not and have committed an iniquity and have done wickedly and have rebelled even by departing from the precepts and from thy judgments. Neither have we hearkened unto thy servants, the prophets, which spake in the name of our kings, our princes, and our fathers, to tell all the people of the land. You know what, Lord, Lord, we didn't hearken unto your word. We didn't hearken unto those things that your scripture said. We didn't listen to them. But here he's going to ask for help. Verses 13 and 14. Same chapter. Because as it is written in the law of Moses, all this evil has come upon us, yet made we not our prayer before the Lord our God that we might turn from our iniquities and understand thy truth. Amen. The Bible says we guard iniquity in our heart. He will not hear us. That's That's the truth. If I regard iniquity in my heart, God will not hear me. You should remember that. Therefore hath the Lord watched upon evil and brought it upon us, for the Lord our God is righteous in all His works which He doeth, for we obeyed not His voice. goes back to listening. I see Daniel was persistent in prayer. Same way, since we're already over here, I didn't want you to turn back to it. Being persistent in prayer. Daniel chapter 6 and verse number 10. It says, Now when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, this is Daniel, they signed a decree that he couldn't pray. What a thing. Probably, who knows how long before that's going to be. 
Now when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went into the house, and when his windows being opened in his chamber toward Jerusalem, he kneeled upon his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God, and he did a four-time. You know what? You can, you can pray more. You can pray less. You can pray when you're driving. Just don't close your eyes. <laughs> you can talk with God anytime. Now, somebody in here, he said they actually set his alarm. Bob said he says his alarm, alarm thing. Alarm goes off, he starts praying. Sorry, Bob, I don't want to throw it out there. I don't know if I should have told that story or not, but I don't know how many times Bob prays in a day, but it's a good thing. I don't want to pray. He's probably praying more times than Daniel. Dennis is praying all the time. Talking with the Lord. You want to talk with the Lord before you're talking with the Lord in a bale or a belly of a whale. You, know, you can pray anywhere, but it's better off being in a closet <laughs> and some little bit of comfort, you know. Amen. Turn back over there to Nehemiah chapter. Nehemiah chapter 1. And in uh, verse number 6 says, now, Let thine ear now be attentive and thine eyes open, and thou mayest hear in prayer of thy servant, which I pray before thee now, day and night. They prayed before him day and night. And Israel thy servants, and confess their sins. They're praying for the nation. I'll just be honest. I don't do that as much as I should. Pray for the nation. We should. It's getting pretty, it's getting bad. It is bad. And it's going to get worse. It's going to get a lot worse. I mean, not to just jump ahead, but we need some Nehemiahs. We need some other people that are willing to step up there and just start filling in the walls. I kept reading through there, and we won't get there. Maybe when I come back, we'll get to it. But there's even daughters, the ruler of Jerusalem's daughters, building the wall. I said, well, there you go. There's your first women bricklayers. It's pretty cool. Need some people like that. Strengthen those things that still remain. I've heard messages like that. But I'd rather build some walls up that have been broken. And there's a lot of that going on. You know what? He prayed and confessed his sins. Him and his father's house. And confess the sins of the children of Israel which have sinned against thee. Both I and my father's house have sinned. We have dealt very corruptly against thee and have not kept the commandments, nor the statutes, nor the judgments, which thou commandest thy servant Moses. Just didn't do it. Confessed his sins. I want to read this. You can stay, you can stay there. Book of Daniel. This is one of the coolest. I know I say that a lot. Daniel chapter 9 and verse 20. And this, this is, I mean, this is Daniel. 
Daniel, I purposed in my Daniel purposed in his heart that he might not defile himself. We taught that every teen knows that verse. This is Daniel, one of the, I mean, one of the few, the chosen Daniel. Daniel chapter nine, verse number twenty says, "And while I was speaking and praying and confessing my sin and the sin of my people Israel, okay, that's Daniel." And presenting my supplication before the Lord my God for the holy mountain of my God. Yea, while I was speaking in prayer, even the man Gabriel, whom I had been seen in a vision at the beginning, being caused by fly swiftly, touched me about the time of an evening oblation. And he informed me and talked with me and said, O Daniel, I am now come forth to give thee skill and understanding. At the beginning of thy supplication of the commandment came forth, and I am come to show thee, for thou art greatly beloved. I find that interesting that 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 comes right after he's confessing his sins. You know, when you pray, you need to confess your sins. Maybe even the ones you forgot. Lord, forgive me of them all. Lord, forgive me. That John 1 9, that's quoting scripture. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Remember, Lord, you said that. He says, yeah, I said it, and I'll do it. Doesn't mean you should ought to continue in sin and going down those roads, because you will reap what you sow. We understand that, the judgments. But He'll forgive you. The Bible, Romans 3, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. You know, some people don't believe that. That's the problem when even some churches, some people just don't believe that they're that bad. That they're a sinner. They think somewhere along the line that I, I avoided the sin of Adam. No, no, Paul said. I find then in a law that is in me that while I try to do good, evil is present with me. It's because it's the same tree. Same roots. You need forgiveness. You need to get over the tree of life. Where Christ is at. Walk in that spirit. Turn on our first John one nine or first John. It's it's important. First John one eight says if we have if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. Because the Bible says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. That's all. That's God's word. That's what God said. Remember, God, you said that. Yeah. All have sinned. That's everybody. 
If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar. Well, that, that verse didn't apply to me. No, then now you just made God a liar. <clears throat> and his word is not in us. I like that word have I hid in mine heart that I might not sin against thee. Psalm 66, verse 18. I think that was the, the reference. Psalm 66 and verse 18. If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. That's a scary verse. It's better to pray, Lord, help me forgive that person. It's up to yourself to, you know, esteem others better than yourself. Just let it go. Proverbs 28. I'll just read it. In verse number 9. He that turneth away his ear from hearing the law, even his prayer shall be an abomination. People that don't listen. Proverbs 15, 29. The Lord is far from the wicked, but he heareth the prayer of the righteous. Just keeping it straight. First John chapter 2, 1, 2 says everyone's guilty. The whole world. And the Lord died for all of them too. Forgive them of their sin too. What a great God. You know what you want to keep that sin list short. Keep it short. And stay right. You know what Nehemiah prayed? Nehemiah prayed a long time. Turn back over to the book of Nehemiah if you're... Nehemiah prayed a long time. Verses number, chapter number 1, 5 through 11. I mean, he prayed even from... to get his answer here. He prayed from December to April. But Nehemiah also prayed a short time. Look at chapter number 2 and verse number 4. This is after he's he's there with the king. Says he's scared for his life. It says, And I said to the king, Let the king live forever. Why should not my countenance be sad and when the city when the city place of my father's sepulcher lieth waste and the gates thereof are consumed with fire then the king said unto me for what doest thou make request so i prayed to the god of heaven and i said unto the king that's what's called a nehemiah prayer i don't know if you ever heard that term but that's the term like when somebody even comes up and just asks you a question you don't really have to hear like lord help me <laughs> Talk to the Lord however you want. You know, you can talk to the Lord all through the day, but sometimes somebody asks for advice or you're in a big pickle right then. 
A Nehemiah quick prayers. <laughs> they work. Lord, help me. And you mean it from your heart. It doesn't have to be a super long one. It could be real short. Talked about that before. I think it was Pastor Chuck Colson. I asked Pastor Chuck Colson, Chuck, would you dismiss us in prayer? And he goes, Lord, thank you. Amen. That's it. And he meant it. Like an old Nehemiah prayer. Lord, help me with some wisdom, some discernment, the right answer, some boldness. Lord, just help me. Well, Nehemiah prayer. You know, I see you had a plea and a plan. Chapter number 2 and verse 5. It says, And I said unto the king, If it please the king, and if thy servant have found favor in thy sight, that thou wouldest... Thou wouldest send me into Judah, unto the city of my father's sepulchres, that I may build it. Oh. Now he wanted to build his city back up. I'm sorry, I missed one. In chapter number one, verse number eleven, you know, he pleaded for the Lord first before he went and did that. This is key. I, I apologize. We back up one. He made a plea in verse number 11 of chapter 1. He says, O Lord, I beseech thee, let now thine ear be attentive to the prayer of thy servant and to the prayer of my thy servants who desire to fear thy name and prosper. So he's, he's asking the Lord, I beseech thee. And here he says right here in that last part, I pray thee, thy servant this day, and grant him mercy in the sight of this man. He says, you know what? Lord, I'm going to need your help. I'm going to need you to have the right answer when I go and go after you and deal with the king. But eventually he's going to have to go in there and when the king asks, hey, what's, what's so sorrowful with your heart? What are you going to do about it? Why are you being grumpy in front of my palace? Why are you presenting me a cup? Did you, did you poison it? What's your plan, Nehemiah? What are you going to do about it? And he had from December to April to figure it out. He says, what's your, what are you going to do? You know what? He had something he's going to do. He had something in mind. How are you going to do it? Verse number five. says, And I said to the king, If it pleased the king, and if thy servant have found favor in thy sight, that thou wouldest send me unto Judah in the city of my father's sepulchres, that I may build it. The king's like, well, how, how are you going to do that? You used to, who, you're my cupbearer. And the king said unto him, the queen also sitting by him, for how long shalt thy journey be? And when wilt thou return? So it pleased the king to send me, and I sent him a time. Moreover, <laughs> I like this. Moreover, I said to the king, if it pleased the king, let letters be given to me, the governors beyond the river, that they may convey me over till I come into Judah. You know, I need some letters, letters that are going to protect me, letters that they know that I'm your servant. You know, he had a plan. You know, he thought this out. He ain't going to get far just by himself. Verse number eight, in a letter turned to Asaph, the keeper of the king's forest, 
that he may give the timber to make me beams for the gates of the palace which appertains to the house and for the wall of the city and for the house that I shall enter into. And the king granted me according to the good God of my hand. You want you to give me a letter. The king forced for the beams. I want you to give me some of his stuff to help me build it. I mean, I want me to give, give me some of his stuff. I want his stuff. Come build it. Build my house and the house and the gates. And he had this plan. He's praying, pleading with God. You know what? And the king granted. And the king granted me according to the good hand of my God upon me. You know, that's asking a lot. How are you going to build, build those walls? How are you even going to get all the way? How are you going to get all the way over there to even do this thing? Well, you're going to help me. You're going to help me. He says, yeah. All right. I'll help you. Verse number nine. Then I came to the governors beyond the river and gave them the king's letters. Now the king had sent captains of the army and horsemen with me. You know, he sent kings, sent the captains of the army with the horsemen. You know what he got? He got an escort. He got, he got to go out there in high class. Ephesians 3.20 says, Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. You know, he had this plan. Did God bless this plan? Yeah. Did God stop the plan? No. Could God have stopped the plan? Yeah. I've seen people, I have to be careful here. You don't want to ever plan God right out of it. You want God in the plan. Better find out what God likes and what God wants and just do what God wants to do because God's going to bless that. But if God tells you no, here, don't go like this and try to get over here and, and then he tells you no again. And then he tells you no again. I remember I asked this person this one time and, and it was just, you could see, I, I got to be real careful. They could see the answer was no. And then this other person just tried to help that person out a little bit more. And the answer was no again. And then the third time it was no again. I don't want to ask that person. I said, do you ever, I said, what do you think the Lord's will is in this thing? No, oh, they got upset when I asked that. <laughs> and then they made an excuse. Well, the other person has this thing, so this person should be able to have it too. Oh, okay. That's what it is. And have nothing to do with the Lord. It's got to do with your will and your self-desire and what's fair, in your opinion. Not yes or no. Did God add to his plan? Yeah. He said, man, I just wanted beams. I just wanted the beams. Just give me these letters and the beams, man. I'll be on my way. And the king says, ah, let me send some guys with you. 
I'll make sure you get there high class. Boy, that's a blessing. Above and beyond. You do that work for the Lord like that? You'll see stuff like that. Exceedingly above. Nehemiah didn't want to see his people perish. So he pleaded and he planned. He prayed. He pleaded with the heavenly king. He planned and he pleaded with an earthly king. And because of that, he prospered. So it says over there in verse number 1, chapter 11, who desire to fear thy name and prosper. We know Joshua 1, 1 8 talks about being prosperous for sake of time. We won't even turn there. But it boils down to this book keeping his commandments, fearing the Lord, confessing your sins, staying right with the God, staying right with God. Amen. I'm not going to get up here and preach prosperity. Pastor Lake. Oh, no, no. Lastly, I would like to say this. He was present for his job. He was present. He was willing to do it. He's willing to be a cupbearer. He's willing to work, be, just work for the king. But he's also willing to go. Go to try some tough task. Go do something he probably never even done before. Go analyze some rubbish, broken down walls. Go over here where he hasn't been for a long time. Who knows what's going to happen? But you know he's got the faith to go do it. He'd been praying about it. Lord blessed him and made this plan and God didn't stop it. In fact, God added to it. It's almost like a missionary message, but not really. You know what? There's somebody that's always needing help. Are you willing to be present? I think maybe I'll just skip that last one. No. Lastly, he was pre- he was present in Jerusalem, verse eleven. So I came to Jerusalem and was there three days. You know what? Now the work begins. Build. And restore dealing with problems you get that in verse number 10 when Sanballat the Hornonite and Tobiah the servant the Ammonite heard of it it grieved them exceedingly that there was come a man to seek the welfare of the children of Israel you know what if you ever try to do anything for the Lord <laughs> there's always going to be some Sanballats and some Tobias it's the way it is. The naysayers. No, what are you doing? You don't, you shouldn't do that. 
You know what? You ought to better just pray. And if the Lord told you to do that, go do it. You talk to a heavenly king, not some fleshy little servant. Amen. Well, see, Nehemiah was passionate. He prayed. He pleaded and he planned and he prospered and he was present. So, amen. Brother John Aldridge, would you dismiss us in prayer, please?